Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. And welcome. This is the Investor Coaching Show, Super Talk 997 WTN. I am Paul Winkler. He is Evan Barnard, and he is Ira Work. And we talk about all things finance, whatever happens to be in you. Some things we probably shouldn't no, talk about. No matter who we risk <laughs> offending. Yeah. It is what it is, fellas. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I had actually, somebody, uh, somebody actually recommended a book to me. And I, I haven't read it yet, but I just got it. And I just got into the very, very beginning of the book. And I was blown away by one of the statistics that the guy gave. And uh, so, so in essence, what it was, it was about the ability to, uh, the, the book title was um, The Ruthless Elimination of, um, oh gosh, Hurry is what it is. The Ruthless, uh, ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it was just how we are just so stinking hurry, 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 this move, move here, move there. And the reality of it is we do not have to be that way. We no. don't have to, we don't have to live that way. And it's, it's just draining to live in that particular manner. And, uh, it, it was something like, uh, oh gosh, it was 2,600 times a day, 2,617 times a day that we actually touch our phones. It's like a hundred times an hour, right? Roughly. Is that not? And it was, you know, when you're typing, if you're typing with your oh. phone, you're touching, you're moving, you're scaring, you're sweeping, you're, you're whatever you're doing with your phone. That is the average. And I don't know who did that research, but it was like, it was well, really eye-opening. keystrokes, I could believe that. That number. is, yeah. 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 That, that's exactly what it was. As you were even talking about this hurry phenomenon, mm -hmm. you know, it was, the play was three hours, had an intermission. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at home, if I'm watching a movie, you know, get up, get a drink, check my phone, Go check do cell trust, yeah. you know, whatever, yeah. what's going on. But we were just there for three hours, kind of to your point. I, I didn't check yeah. voicemail, didn't check texts. Yeah, you could tell you know, me you had your out. phone off because it disturbed people and I wasn't checking the screen between. I mean, it was just... All of a sudden, it was ten o'clock. We're like, "Holy cow! It's ten o'clock." Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not like that. Lost three hours. Well, it's like that thing I talk about that yeah. with the three day effect, which was uh -huh. a, when they took these people with sexual trauma, PTSD, and all different types of trauma, and they put them out in camping. You know, going oh, yeah. hiking, yeah. boating, rafting, you know, kayaking, whatever, uh, cooking meals over a fireplace, no phones, no nothing. And what they found is the middle part of their brain, which is where you have fight, flight, freeze, you know, your emotional center and it's it response and it's, it's where a lot of our stress comes from, that shrunk. It literally shrunk. And they proved it through functional MRIs. And they cool. found that the frontal lobes of the brain, mm -hmm. which is where we're critical thinking, logical, literal thinking is the left-hand side of the brain and where language comes from. And then you have the more picture-driven side of the brain, which is what you're, when you're going out and you're becoming creative or you're out there enjoying art or, or whatever, that's, that's part of the brain that is, well, that was actually increasing in size. Huh. And the hippocampus, you know, our memory centers were improving. Uh, you know, it was all of these things after just three days. And this is what we're missing as a society so often 
And so many people are stressed out by constantly trying to keep up with the news, what's going on, and, and there's never an end to information out there. And, you know, sometimes we we get worked up over all of these things and going, gosh, this is just, this is coming. This is scaring me. I don't know where it's going to lead to. And what it does is nothing for us. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, somebody said to me today, and, and we were just talking about, you know, whatever the latest thing that's happening, the latest scary thing that's happening. And the person says, you know, you know, my response is, and, and I said, it was, this is a CPA. Uh -huh. This is a client, uh, a, a, a really good friend of mine. And he goes, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Right. And he says, you know, literally that is how I just shut it down. And this guy is, and he's in his seventies and he just been around the block many, many times. Yep. And I says, buddy, I says, you know, that so often has been the case throughout my career. I have, can't tell you how many times I've heard this is what's going on. This is what it's going to lead to. And it's going to be really, really bad. And then all of a sudden, it's nothing like what they said it was going to lead to. You know, the calamity does not come to fruition. And we got to talking about a, a workshop that I had taught a while back where I took when the New Deal came out. And you can say what you want about the New Deal. You can say what you want about the Federal Reserve. You can say what you want about uh, Medicare. You can say about what you want about anything that has happened over the past century that we look at as some programs that might be questionable. And, you know, when Social Security was first put into place. Right. And the speeches that I played in this workshop were of the people that opposed all of these programs. And I'm not going to say whether I'm for or whether I was against their position. It doesn't matter. But I'm telling you that these people came out and they had the most dire predictions as to what these programs were going to lead to. Right. How Medicare was going to destroy the healthcare system. And how, you know, you look at the healthcare system and, you know, actually our longevity, our life expectancy is actually longer now. We have treatments for things that we didn't have in the 1960s lot of treatments that we didn't have for things in the 1960s. There was no such thing as a functional MRI. There was no such thing as an MRI. There was not There was no such thing as CAT scan machines. You know, you look at a lot of these things that have been developed over the past 50 years, and we can't argue, not rationally anyway, that our medical system has not come to a much more advanced state where we are living through things that we wouldn't have previously lived through in the past. Now you look back at, uh, at Social Security, we could say whether it was good, whether it was bad, whether it was otherwise, it was a system set up to move older people out of the workforce. Out of the workforce, yeah. And then get, make, make room for people that were younger. That was the reason Social Security was instituted in the first place. Now you can say it was good or as bad or it was other, but if you look at the speeches that were given that were supposed to give us an idea of what would happen if this passed and it became law, you would have thought the world was going to come in and come to an end and the financial financial system was going to come crashing down and it would never recover. And, you know, the reality of it is people live at a higher standard of living by far today, by far, not even close to what we did 80, 90 years ago. You know, so these predictions, they're great and everything. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's really fun to try to figure out what's going to happen next, but it doesn't do a whole lot to our level of, well-being and feeling of well-being worrying about it you mean yes yeah
You know, so Jesus said, you know, you know, it's not going to add a cubit to your stature, right? I mean, you know, so it's, this isn't a new concept that worrying doesn't help. Uh, but, you know, it is it's so true that we do sit around and we, we worry. We, and then what ends up happening when we worry, it paralyzes us to solving any of our problems. Yeah. Any of our real problems that we do have control over. Yes. Yep. I mean, that Total, was in, totally. And I think that was the point that, that my, yeah. my, my CPA friend was making. Is, you know, he was just making the point that what are you going to do about it? You know, go, you, you know, the serenity prayer. Go mm -hmm. look for something that you can control, something you do have some control over, and have the, have the wisdom to know the difference between what you can control and what you can't control. And recognize that maybe sometimes just tuning out and walking away. I love what Ira, you said a few weeks ago. You were talking about, you know, if you had, uh, if you had just gone and done the Rimp Van Winkle thing mm -hmm. and fallen asleep at a certain point in time, you know, a certain amount of money invested, oh, yeah. what it would have grown to, uh, it's just phenomenal. And you wouldn't have been stressed. You wouldn't have been stressed. <laughs> I mean, that, that whole time. Right. And you just, you know, markets do their thing. And, you know, this guy I ran into at, a, um, at a, an establishment today just before I came in here was just talking about the, the data that we give from time to time here on the growth of a dollar in in U.S. stocks, large stocks, a dollar grows to 12, over $12,000 uh, from the 1920s till today. And, you know, you get sell for $100,000 in, uh, in small value. And, you know, the reality of it is you didn't have to do anything but make sure that you had investment vehicles that captured the returns of those asset categories. Now, there's, there's work panic. involved. And then you didn't panic. And right. that's, that's the main thing, yep. that you didn't panic. Yeah. You know, so... I thought that was uh, that was really good. Okay, so go back to the girl math. All of that from a play. This is great. Man. Okay, yeah. See, we see how see how that goes. <laughs> so, so uh, this girl math thing. Now, yeah. to reiterate for anybody that's first tuning in, the, the whole idea there, so, there was yeah, like on this on TikTok. There's a hashtag girl math. Yeah, there was some radio it, show that it actually came from uh, originally. Oh, okay. I was I was actually saw something in uh, Leviticus is nodding yes. It was New Zealand. Yeah. The girl math. So yeah. somebody came oh, up really? with this idea that, that what is it that, that somebody, it, seems, it seems a little bit, uh, you know. Well, I still don't understand it, <laughs> but I'm going to let well, Evan just do his thing and just talk about it. Is this kind of, is, it, is it meant to pick it, on women or uh, what's the deal? I didn't know which generation. Is it, is it gen, just generational? See, well, I, well I'm, I'm saying like the, the disc jockey, I didn't see like, what age the the disc jockey was, or oh, okay. what generation this this disc jockey is well, but, coming from? Well, the talking points coming from. So, and I think eh. I think the point here I is think it's just mostly that, tongue in cheek and humorous. I think it is, but you know, I think some people do think this way. Yeah, uh, you know, they're they're. Uh, I think really? I, I don't. I think I'm, it can be guys that think this way too. I mean, you know, just you know, that's that's the only thing that that yeah. bugs me. It's like <laughs> girls well, are not me. Girls are like you know, <laughs> way outpacing us in college. You know, right oh, now well, that's true. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, so you know, I don't know that uh, it's all language driven now. That's why we're behind the curve, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here's the next question yeah. for girl math: mm -hmm. buying things on sale now to avoid a future cost. Gives you free money. I don't know. Okay, so you, you're buying something, you get a deal on it because in the future you're going to buy it, but how far in the future? There you go. Well, actually, if you buy something value on money. sale uh -huh. and you take the money that you saved, you actually get and, buy, and use that to buy something else, you actually get that for free. 
Well, but what if you buy something that you wouldn't have bought? You don't need. So that's what well, that's it's on sale. Exactly. There you go. That's what I, the author starts to say. I is think kind that's of the issue. What both of you <laughs> are talking about mm-hmm. is, is it something you were going to buy in the first place? Right, right, uh-huh. right, right. You know, so I mean, kind of like you're always talking, you know, when you talk about inflation, Paul, of, you know, the government wants inflation. So mm-hmm. just buy it now versus put it off for be, another be year or two because sure. yeah. it'll be more expensive. But, you know, you want to make sure this is something... This assumes that you really were going to eventually buy the item anyway and aren't only drawn to it because it was on sale. Right. So her verdict was it's not exactly true, but not a bad practice. Well, my husband, my wife's first husband, she, um, she came home one day and she was, she was out shopping and she said, look what I got on sale. I saved X amount of dollars. Oh, no, 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 no. I know where this is going. <laughs> no, actually, no. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't no. know. Okay, all right, all right, all and right. And he said to her, you only save the money if you put it in the bank. Right. No, I, that's where I thought you were oh, going. okay. I yeah. did he think said, you were going, you, you know, you, if you, you didn't save anything because you spent money. Well, that's what it's I another way say. of thinking right. of it. Like, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I remember she pulled out like a pair of pants that she had bought on sale, and she and and my wife only shops on sale. I mean, she does not buy anything retail at all. Right. Um, I was teasing her one day about we were having woohoo chicken, but dinner one night, <laughs> and she looks at me like, "This is a family show." Not woohoo. She's like, she's like woohoo chicken." I'm like, <laughs> "That was wrong." And, 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 <laughs> And I open up the refrigerator and I pull out the chicken and it has a woohoo sticker on it <laughs> because it's a manager special. Like, woohoo, you got a special here. Oh. So I just said it's woohoo chicken and we have so much woohoo products in our house now. That was a chicken. Um, but anyway, chicken my wife got hit by all, a train. See, you do get dinner only tonight. Buy stuff on sale. I mean, and she's like, aren't you glad I'm, you know, I want these people to have to have the best of everything. And I was shopping. Like, yeah, I am. I'm very happy about that. It allows, it allows me more money to spend on my Harley. But that, I digress. See, see, there, no, um, see, there you go. That was equal opportunity. That's, That's that right. was equal opportunity <laughs> okay. for me to spend but, on the Harley. But, <laughs> so she's cleaning out her closet. You know, once a year, she goes through her closet, whatever she has. One in a year, she donates to Goodwill. And she pulls out this pair of pants, and it has a tag on it. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know how much I saved on this pair of pants? <laughs> no, I'm don't. like, you how didn't. much? She says... $60. They were originally 90 I got them for 30 Okay. I said, you didn't save anything because they've been hanging up in the closet for a year. You still saved 30 and now you're giving them to Goodwill. I thought they were, you know, like mini pearl pants. No. So, She's going to leave the tag so on So this brings up item number six, <clears throat> just along okay. those lines. Yes. Buying an expensive handbag or piece of clothing doesn't really cost that much if the cost per wear is low. Mm. Says you might balk at that, the. Pr- that makes that makes some sense. You've- Actually, that makes a lot of sense right there. That's that's the first one I'll you go with. You might balk at the price of a five hundred dollar tote bag. Sure, but if you carry it every weekday for a year, right, the cost works out to less than two dollars per day, or, or or which seems a lot more palatable. Well, right. sure, uh, sure. I, I think I think of Ira. You know, you with suits. Huh? You know, you quality suits because they last, whereas other suits will wear out, and you and you have to. Right. So you get a better cost for a way. Okay, yep. that, that makes some sense. There you go. And I buy fewer of them, but I buy the good quality suits. Well, yeah, you used to do that, though. I mean, you, like, know this stuff. 
<laughs> how long did you how long did you sell men's clothing? I sold for? men's clothing for about two years in college. So if I need any kind of fashion, like it, hey Ira, does this match? I you know that's that's that's, that's my guy. That's my guy. He, he's the guy I go to. But I'm pretty sure you're, you're, you're no. But I see stuff. But you know Leviticus, I see stuff like I was watching these guys on TV today at Sports Center. I'm like, oh, that guy has like a pattern tie with a pattern shirt. You know, Ira would never go for that. It oh no way. Yeah, you know, don't do that. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you I wouldn't have known if it weren't for you. Right. Now, if you remember what I said to you, I'm like, don't look at how the commentators and the newscasters are dressed. Yes. Look how the CEOs of the companies are dressed. That's right. You know, right. there sure. was a, a sure. book that was sure. out years ago. It's probably still dressed out there. for success. Dressed for success. Yes. Yeah. And you know, it's like too plain. Yeah. Uh -huh. Solid shirt, a solid suit. Yeah. And a fancy tie. Never but read it, always, but I remember it. But it was always two John plain Malone. and yeah. one fancy, three plain, but never too fancy. Yeah, see, see, I learned that from you. Mm -hmm. I, I, I had the book, but I never read it. But I'm right. pretty like, sure your cleaner it was deal way is really high. Time I got it. Unless you're going on stage to entertain, you don't wear dark shirts with dark seats. Right? That's right. Yeah. Look dark at shirt, right, yeah, like exactly. Dark shirt with well, a, white a, shirt, people trust you more. Yeah, and blue. Why. And blue. I heard that. It was in there. I don't know there. about that one. But yeah, there, there, there was a blue study shirts. on that. But there, whole, there is, you and you should know this, you know, with your master's in psychology, there is a whole psychology to color. There is, absolutely. You know, and that's why, like, you walk into mm -hmm. casinos and they have certain colors in casinos because mm -hmm. yes. it causes people to spend more money. Oh, yeah, they're, they're fascinating research on any any of that stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like even you. I was just thinking as you're talking about that, walking in a grocery store. Why is it that people? You know, why do you have things yeah, to why your is right the when you walk? On the right. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you stuff. have that stuff to your right? It's because yeah. that's what people automatically do for some reason. They walk into a grocery store, they go right. Early on in my career, so, I was told to wear blue mm -hmm. for the interview mm -hmm. and wear blue often. Right, because people will trust you more, that, that, and you can yeah, do there, the job. There is, yeah, the stability. Yeah, yeah, is is what blue is right for exactly. Yeah. Yep, you're listening to the not the fashion right. coaching show. <laughs> the investor this fashion is the show. investor coaching show. That's exactly the what this is. Different F yes. Paul Winkler, along with Evan Barner and Naira Work, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back right after this. Thanks for tuning in to the Investor Coaching Podcast. Now, you may be one of these people that's listening and realizing, wow, investing, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye and financial planning tax laws constantly changing and recognizing that maybe you might need some help in this area, but you don't want just anybody to help you out. So we have 10 offices in the Middle Tennessee area, and everything that we do is fee only. We align our interests with your interests. So you can get an initial 15-minute phone call with any one of our offices just by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. That's it. Every one of the offices is run by somebody with 20 plus years experience. They're all degree planners. They all have academic backgrounds in investing and you can get the help that you need. So if you want to set up a complimentary phone consultation, just go to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. And we look forward to seeing you soon. All right. We're back here on the Investor Coaching Show. Paul Winkler, Evan Barnard, Ira Work, talking money and investing. Most of the time.
Let's swerve this train back on the track. I really do, man. This is like so much fun to have. Like the original three. I mean, we got three hours to kill, so I mean, come on. The original three, though. I mean, you can't beat this. This, this. As John Houseman says, we need to transform these minds full of mush. Yes. Paper chase. Excellent show. Yes, absolutely. Go ahead, Evan. So yeah, the just to jump back on the investing tracks. Um, you know, I don't know if, if it's the only, uh, the Williamson County, Marshall County, Murray County peeps that work with the firm, but mm-hmm. uh, quite a few of our clients get a little frustrated with having investments in China. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's a, a conversation. And, you know, we talk about the fact that capitalism is all over and we want to take advantage of that, but we, don't, uh, you know, you don't want to overweight an area. But it's interesting. But by but, but that, just make the point though yeah. that uh, you know when you're looking at index portfolios, yes. it's a lot higher percentage. It is. You know than when you're looking at institutionalized portfolios, uh, it's like a fraction, yes. a fraction of one percent, a fraction of one percent. Yeah. Well, that fraction is getting even smaller. Which you know, uh, yeah. So if we're looking people, at, it, we're majoring in the minors. But I think that the point is more, but in regards to China, not yeah. as an investment. Right. But as a world oh, market cap. But it, but no, this is a world, you know, a threat. Oh, to, yeah. To, to, you know, the world and, and right. how they were going to take over the world, you know, right. and, and Japan versus, you know, versus Japan many, many years ago. But anyway. Yeah. The tigers, the, you know, the Asian right. tigers. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this uh, comes out of uh, Bloomberg and uh, $188 billion exodus shows China's heft fading in world markets. And wow. so, you know, a lot of the institutional managers and companies and just businesses in general mm-hmm. are pulling their investments out of China. See, there you go. And, you know, at the end of the day, kind of, you know, when you talk about CEOs doing, they don't just ignore what's going on in the world. If they perceive an increased risk over there, mm-hmm. they pull investments out. And that's often what and, I've talked about. Let yeah. me just make a quick comment about that is with, with emerging markets, one of the things that I have told people that get overly excited about the idea of emerging markets investments, that you have to be concerned about investing a lot of money in countries that may or may not protect your property rights. And that goes for, you know, this whole thing that people are so scared about China, Chinese citizens buying land in the United States. And I go, do you recognize what kind of risk that they're taking buying land in the United States? Who's to say that we necessarily let them stay? So that's yeah. why that balloon <laughs> or develop it. going across or America, anything. right? Or the, or the China calls them back. Yeah. That's why that balloon was going across America. Well, I don't know. Just to, they why, to look at, at their property. Yeah. Look at their property. But, you know, the reality <laughs> of it is it's a dangerous thing. So, But, you know, the whole idea of property right protection is the essence of investing. And so, hence, when people get overly excited, and the reason this is really interesting to me, Evan, is do you remember a guy that— Yes. Yes. Go ahead. You run with it. You know exactly where I'm going, don't well, you? Well, you know— and it wasn't Markowitz. Who was? Oh, Malkiel. Malkiel. The uh, you know Malkiel. the guy that writes the book Random Walk Down Wall yes, Street. Yes, you oh, knew you can't exactly where I was going. Predict all this yes. stuff. He gives this wonderful talk, and then he gets an interview about not stock picking well, and not I'm, market timing and I'm not a, engaging in this. Right. Yeah. But I'm betting big on China, and we're like, 
What did he just say? Yes. <laughs> yes. And this exactly. Was, and that was like 15 years ago. When that that was, was maybe yeah, approximately. You're, right you're, you're pretty close. About 13, yeah. 13, 14 years ago. And, yes. And so it's, you know, it's hard for pe- people are human, even academics, right. and they can't even follow their own deal. Here was what yes. was interesting to me in this particular article, you know, because it's been a little bit of news that some of the markets are pulling out of China and their equity prices are depressed. They've got debt problems, real estate problems because of some of the lending practices over there. But here was an interesting paragraph. While China's weakness was once seen as dragging down the rest of the world, particularly the Emerging Markets Group, that has clearly not been the case this year. China is down about 7%. The China index, the MSCI, is staring at a a third straight year of losses that will mark the longest losing streak in over two decades. The broader MSCI Emerging Markets Index is up 3%. Mm-hmm. And, you know, earlier we were talking about past performance mm-hmm. and trends and so forth. And the inverted yield curve used to mean this, and it doesn't right. necessarily keep meaning that. And so part of the point is they're kind of viewing this as China decoupling mm-hmm. from the world market and not being quite so indicative of, of other things. Mm. Well, you know, and that makes a total sense to me, you know, simply yeah. just because, you know, so much of the manufacturing that was being done in China is being farmed out to other countries that were competitors now because people. Or have more trust. favorable trade policies with us, you know, Vietnam. Oh, sure. They're moving things. The just, loss of trust too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So in, in, in part of it was back, you know, when China shut down, you know, they, they shut down their economy and people needed things to make the products that they were building mm-hmm. and they needed the parts, the component parts, and they couldn't get them from China. They had to go elsewhere, you know, because China just, no, we're shutting down and you can't even go out of your, remember that? You can't even go out of your apartment complex. And people were literally quarantined in their apartment complexes yeah. in China. That was bad. That yeah. was rough. And then what happened is people are making products going, hey, you know, well, we got a super lag time on this product. And it's because something's components coming out of China. Uh, We're really sorry about that, but we're going to have to find another supplier. And it may be in India. You know, we're actually working more closely with India, too, now. So, you know, there are a lot of changes that may be taking place. Yep. And they were uh, they're pulling bonds as well as stocks, which was interesting. Wow. You know, some of the Chinese government bonds, they've pulled about $26 billion out of that and plowing more of that money back into the uh, China's competitors in Asia. I wonder what that's doing to their interest rate structure. I, it can't be good for China, you know, simply Why, just because, you yeah. know, when they're having to look for people to lend them money, it's going to raise interest rates, you know, just yeah. by function of supply-demand. You know, when it comes to bonds, if you, if you have— less people that are willing to lend to you. Mean you mean to attract the rate, to attract the dollars? To, to attract yeah. the dollars. They, yeah. yeah, attract, attract the Could currency be. or whatever it is, yeah. Yep. Uh, so anyway, you know, the we we focus on our local market. You know, when we talk with investors, we always see that they're concentrated in large U.S., but there's mm-hmm. a lot going on out there that investors, they may be, I wouldn't say they have to pay attention to it, but mm-hmm. their portfolio needs to reflect global diversification and not just have a nod right. to it. And I think, Evan, that, that the point is well taken because, you know, in the financial channels, 
and not only financial channels, but in financial magazines and emails that people receive, you, know, you see so much stuff about BRIC countries. Yep. You know, uh, you know, it's Brazil, Russia, in India, China. Well, China being the last one, but typically China being the first one in the list of what people think about. And, you know, hence, this is what you got to be doing. This is what you need to be investing in. And it was all the rage and maybe not. <laughs> well, I think the problem is that there's just so much concentration of news. Like I, you know, will turn in and out of Fox News. I'll listen to it when I'm driving the car to the office. Mm -hmm. um, I may turn it on in the office. I'm mm -hmm. at home. My wife's watching it. And it's the same story all day long. Just repeated, repeated, repeated. Mm. And to me, it's just the most frustrating thing because I think back when you were talking about a few years ago, I thought back to when people were like, get me out of Greece. Get me out of Greece. Right, right. Exactly. We don't want to be in Greece. Yes. We're going to lose money in Greece. Yes, yes, yes. 53% you know, return. But top the, market. <laughs> but the problem was that was already after the fact, after the prices had already dropped. Like, right. Like them saying, like, get me out at the low. And then it Get ended up being the, the top lot. market oh, like oh, the right. next year, which is and insane. And it just yeah. did phenomenal. So uh -huh. the structured funds that we're using that do have a little bit of China in them, you know, I think they are probably a little bit more selective of how they're picking those companies yes, exactly in exactly China. Exactly. Yes, it is. That, yes, do we need to be concerned? Well, we should just be aware, but... Get to really certain, understand. No, it's a fraction of one percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get to really understand what you own, and then make your decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people would be surprised if they knew what they actually owned. Yes. Uh, you know, so often oh, I see sure. people's portfolios just being way, way. I saw one that was literally concentrated as ninety-three percent large U.S. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.